growing solar has become the catchphrase of the year if it wasn't last year already. And it's a not so easy process unless you are an electrical engineer. But what I like about South Africans is how cleverly we solve problems. And there's a range of ways companies in South Africa have solved problems. And one of those that I'm particularly interested in is called Home Energy. So firstly, hello, Matthew Cruz, who's the head of business intelligence. How are you? Hello, good, thank you, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to say you don't look smug being in Cape Town and having two stages of load shredding, as we politely call it. Uh, I prefer another phrase with SH, but we don't say that on family podcasts. It's an interesting approach that home takes, isn't it? Because what you do is you're not the service provider. You are the smart, I don't want to say middleman, but you are like the smart aggregator of, of what's available and how to provide it for us clueless consumers. Great. Yeah, I like, I like the way you're phrasing that, an aggregator. And we, we like to think of it ourselves uh, as an, a marketplace a marketplace ecosystem. Okay, better phrase. Yeah, to, to explain what that means in terms of not being a service provider, we, we actually do provide the service of a solar installation at your house. But what we've done is we've partnered with financiers to provide finance, so the, the major banks. Uh, we've partnered with the biggest suppliers in the country, Herhold, Rubicon examples, to provide the best quality products at, at the cheapest prices. Then we've partnered with a whole range of uh, solar installation companies that are local throughout um, South Africa. And then we've also partnered with market, ad, market aggregators like Uber, Hippo, uh, different market aggregator platforms that can then funnel leads in that are keen for solar. In that sense, we're not a financier, but we can offer finance. We're not a um, solar installer per se, but we, we do solar installations. And through that, we're then able to satisfy the demand from the entire marketplace for solar installations. But to do that, you have to have some some smarts, right? You've got to understand this business because, you know, if this is a business of, of arbitrage, which which would be your your what an aggregator would do, you've really got to know what you're dealing with, who's good, who isn't, what the good prices are. You know, it must be a, a <laughs> an extremely complex way of approaching all of it. Yeah, yeah, and, and beyond just the arbitrage and the aggregator, we also um, we actually take we stand in this, the place of responsibility for good quality installation. So the buck stops with us when it comes to your solar installation. So if you get a, a, a solar installation through Home Energy, if there's any issues that are uh, occurring or that take place during the installation or afterwards uh, during the life of your installation. We will satisfy the warranties. We are the company that's responsible to come back to sites and fix any problems that take place. So in that sense, uh, that's what the banks are very happy with, that they can interact with one company that takes responsibility for yeah. all of the things that happen through our platform. That's really interesting because the first interview in this, in this series was an electrical engineer telling me about how if the service providers, the electricians or the solar installers are not registered with the correct authority and don't have the correct certification, your system is not insurable, which is kind of like a nightmare if something goes wrong. Yeah, 100%. And the, and the two uh, big things that, that um, you know, the consumers or listeners are to look out for when they're looking at their own solar installation is the certificate of compliance that needs to be yeah. filled in by, by a wireman uh, once the solar installation has happened and take, taken place. Uh, confirming this is the wiring setup that's, that is in place now um, for your house and a signed off certificate of compliance is required by insurance policy, uh, insurance companies. 
to uh, in order for your house to be insurable. So you know it's 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 quite scary to think about. But if a, a poor quality installation um, has taken place and and um, uh, your battery, for example, um, explodes or starts a uh, fire, and then your house burns down as a result of your installation. The company, the insurance company, will say, "Where's the certificate of compliance yeah. confirming your installation?" And if it's not in place, well, sorry, yeah. it's your fault. And then there's beyond that, there's the municipality that you need to register with your SSEG yeah. um, registration, small scale independent generation, and that also needs to be signed off um, by um, an extra registered uh, professional engineer. That then um, the municipality confirms. Okay, we we confirm that we have received your application for SSEG um, um, installation, and here's the confirmation from our side that we confirm that your system is compliant according to our system. So that's very important when it comes to places like Cape Town, where they'll actually shut yeah. off your system if you haven't used the correct inverter or if you haven't registered with them. Um, maybe you've gotten away with it for the last year. Uh, it's not me, you know, Home Energy isn't uh, yes, assisting yes. in applying this, but in terms of the city of Cape, city of Cape Town, they're going to do things like fly over with planes or a country company taking pictures of the houses with solar panels, and then they have an automatic database of who has actually registered. And then they'll just see all of these houses <laughs> are not registered, and then immediately go and address those houses. So that's things to look out for um, in terms of compliance that people might not be aware of, that you should be comp compliant with your municipality as well. Drone surveys. must must be mm -hmm. nice to live in a city where the, the things run so smoothly. They've got time to do drone surveys of everybody's got their, their certification for their solar panels. <laughs> I like that. I mean, yeah. it's a fascinating thing in general that's happening in the country, isn't it? Because the vast yeah. – I mean, I see the statistics from all of the research houses about how many – gigawatts of, of electricity is being installed in South Africa by the private sector, read suburbanites who've just had enough of, of inconsistent power supply. And, and that's a, that, that introduces some very interesting things because in Cape Town, it's possible to sell your electricity back into the grid. You don't need to build new grid connections instead of supplying power to the houses the house houses can supply it back to the grid this yeah. this is like a brand new world isn't it yeah it's a brand new world and, and it's uh, in terms of the way that the world seems to be evolving in in south africa it's almost like we're going towards a two-class system again unfortunately and very unfortunate yeah, where you have, have electricity people that don't have electricity yeah. because as we go into stage eight that maybe even stage 10 this year there's going to be the people that have electricity and those that don't um, and so that's, you know, it calls into then, um, we're not going to go into political uh, kind of conversation here, but it, it does mean that uh, next year is going to be a very interesting election. And then um, our projections are that load shedding is going to be here for the next five years and double actually yeah. in the next five years. Yeah. And so then it's not just this election cycle, but then the next election cycle as well, that this is going to go over. Um, so it is, it is very interesting in terms of the way things are evolving here in South Africa. I wholeheartedly agree with the, the unfortunate longevity of what, what we're going to have to deal with. But the, the interesting thing is, 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 would it not be possible for all of these suburbanites putting houses up to put that back into the grid? You know, Eskom can't make more electricity, but, you know, lots of people are and they have excess. And there's a kind of left field way to solve the energy supply issues without yeah. plugging in a car power ship. Yeah, 100%. And, and what you're touching on is, is um, a very exciting progression in, in technology regarding these distributed energy resources that we're talking about. So um, 
what you can actually do is you can have the homes in a suburb that have opted for a solar and battery installation to power then the other homes that don't have that yeah. during loading. And uh, interestingly, um, that's not really possible at the moment uh, when there is load shedding to put power back onto the grid and, and sell it onto the grid because there's no way uh, once the substation is turned off to aggregate yes. all of the uh, power coming on and then distribute it to the houses that are requesting energy. Uh, what you need for that is, is a software um, program that will oversee that energy coming onto the grid and that's called a, a virtual power plant that's connected with a smart grid. Are you alleging that the electricity grids in South Africa, as they currently are when we get them, are not smart? No way, Matthew. <laughs> what does a smart grid look like? Like this is, you know, a software-enabled way to, so I want to you know, help out my neighbor or, you know, that is possible. We can use, we can use what's being known as, as wheeling to wheel mm -hmm. the energy from one place to another, as it were. Yeah, so, so there's wheeling and, and just talk about the smart grid aspect of it. Smart is typically assigned to anything that's connected to the internet and it's controllable yes. by the internet, provides information. So the smart grid in that sense, um, it, if we're looking at a smart grid, if we had to have City of Cape Town disconnect from the national grid, it would then be itself a smart grid that has a hydropower dam, it has a, uh, yeah. a few gas turbine uh resources down here in Cape Town. We've got some decent wind and some decent solar. So those are all examples yeah. of distributed energy resources that would then need to be coordinated to, um, to then be given instructions of give this amount of power at this time because this is the demand. And then the yeah. virtual power plants that's doing that coordination would then also look at what is demand requested and then supply the demand where it's needed. So in that sense, um, you have a smart grid that can be localized either even down to the, the neighborhood um, size um, that can be implemented there. And we wouldn't necessarily be using wheeling. Wheeling's a bit different. Wheeling's more when we're asking for power um, in Joburg from Cape Town and we use the national transmission lines to wheel the power all yes. the way up. But it's a little bit of a different context because this is more at the kind of distribution level versus transmission level. So kind of wheeling is for transmission yeah. and the distribution at like one mile distance level, we use smart grids uh, and virtual power plants. And so Home Energy is creating one of the first uh, South African created um, virtual power plants to Great. enable localities to uh, reduce one stage or two stages of load shedding. When they get told to load shed, they say they can actually say, You've been, I've been told to load shed, but actually I've got this energy from within my own municipality that I can provide um, to then not be loaded to the next stage. So in, in Cape Town, it would be 60 megawatts. If you can prove that you can put 60 megawatts onto the grid or reduce your demand by 60 megawatts, then you can reduce by one stage of load shedding. And that's why we have wow. two stages here at the moment in, in Cape Town, because we're using our big hydro dams. And our proposal is that we can, with a virtual power plant, to remove an additional stage of load shedding within 12 months. So that's kind of on the cards as well from our side. Well, that's going to be a great advert for uh, semigration to Cape Town uh, when it kicks off. But that's, you know, it's an, it's an interesting thing because there's nothing to stop the city of Joburg buying a bunch of solar panels, uh, obviously getting a registered uh, electrician and installer, etc. But that could alleviate power problems certainly during the day i mean that's just an instant quick win and it's you know the batteries are the expensive part at least during the day we could mm. we could turn things around I mean, i'm fascinated that cities can't independently do that and, I, and, and the obvious answer is because of the political setup but that is a quick and and, and winning solution 
isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, and that touches on some interesting progressions that have been happening recently with um, with the uh, the one town saying that actually we've got enough power to not need load shedding. When we get told to load shed, we've got the solar. Yeah, Frankfurt. Yeah, Frankfurt, and and um, being told then by ESCOM actually that's illegal to do because you can't control your own load shedding schedule, and and through yeah. a technicality. Uh, ESCOM further implementing their monopoly that they have on on the system, yeah. and and you know we can look into that, but it seems to be the direction that's been gone for the last fourteen years is uh, how can ESCOM further monopolize and keep the monopoly of the energy sector, uh, which is the opposite direction to what um, the government said they're going to do in terms of democratizing um, the energy sector and becoming uh, an unbundled state of. ESCOM having generation, transmission, and distribution separate, and then have independent power producers providing power to the grid, uh, bidding to put power to the grid, very similar to the model that's used in every single almost yes. developed country in the world. Uh, we were, we, in 1998, we confirmed, and a white paper was released by the ANC government, that we will go towards that as a medium-term strategy. And I recommend yes. that medium-term means 25 years instead of five years <laughs> uh, in the lexicon because we actually went in the opposite direction. I we know. only had limited a, a renewable energy independent power producer windows open up, uh, very limited and um, sporadic as well. Every now and then they would be released uh, and not released timelessly. And beyond that, there would be no uh, generation licenses that were that were provided. So it's an example of where ESCOM stepping in and saying, well, actually, you know, even though you have enough power, we're still not going to let you do that um, uh, for, for that kind of situation. So we're looking just at that and we're saying, okay, what then yeah. do we need to do to tick the boxes, ESCOM, so that we can actually yes. do that similar to Cape Town, yes. but do that anywhere in the country. So that's what we're going yeah. to at the moment. That exercise. I'm, I'm very interested in that and, I, and I'll follow up that with you in a couple of months because I followed that 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 legal battle with Frankfurt, the free state town that was they had set up its own system. Seems like a family-run business. It's a fantastic story of a community solving its own problem. It's the essence, especially given that it's a, such an Afrikaans part of the country, of a Boermaker plan. It, it's really impressive. And yet, as, as far as I saw, it was a very small technicality that the judge picked up on. And it, it really seems uh, yeah. as if, as if it, it, it wasn't really that well uh let me not get into the details but it was a very small technicality that 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 prevented this which would have been a yeah. real breakthrough moment i think in legal mm. terms and part of the problem is that the nature of the way energy is generated and consumed and transmitted has fundamentally changed from when Eskom was originally conceived. Um, what's his name? Someone Funder Bale, who that's why Funder Bale Park is named after him. Um, now, mm -hmm. you know, the world is vastly different. Banks don't have servers on site anymore. They use Microsoft Azure, just like everybody else, you know, or AWS. This is the evolving nature of an energy system, isn't it? And, and Eskom should focus on transmission and let everybody else get get busy with generation that's what i think i mean yeah no it, it, your, your your thinking is very current that's a very good compliment i like it thank you 
Great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting how you see this. There's very different opinions regarding the way forward, very different opinions. And they typically, uh, the opinions are formed by that NH experts and different people. So you have like the coal camp, the, the grading Matashi camp, they all have opinions about baseload. And the the second you hear the word baseload, you know you're not going to have a rational conversation. And it's so unfortunate that it, that it is that way because it's almost like a, a phrase that's been captured now by a political stance that then uh, is very opinionated and, and then will say things along the lines of uh, renewables can help nothing towards our solution. Uh, but then on the other side, you, you know, when you listen to the camp of the renewable camp, and I, I just to confirm, I, I uh, myself take a, a path that I self-proclaim as, as um, okay. radical centrism, which is, which is the best path to solving the problem that we need to solve in South Africa of the energy crisis. So um, that's radical centrism means that I'll talk to, not, I won't say baseload, but I'll say, how do we provide power for ourselves at 7 yeah. p.m. at night? And, you know, that is a question that we need to answer because that's our peak demand. It's in the evenings. It's when people are cooking and uh, doing the kettle, putting the kettles on and using their homes to heat, especially in winter. That's why we see demand increasing, is to use electricity to heat. So how do we then meet the peak demand in the evenings? And as you rightly pointed out, during the day, we can use solar to provide power for all of our business and keep our economy going. But then what happens at night if you, if you haven't taken into account, okay, actually, I need to meet my peak demand in the evenings. So that means, okay, we can have solar, but then we need a whole bunch of battery or hydro storage or gas to supplement. And that's something that, interestingly, that hasn't really been discussed much. And it almost seems suppressed in South Africa is why, why yeah. is there no competition yeah. around gas? Like um, Europe uses 20% of their uh, energy demand for gas. America is 30%. It's seen as a transitionary fuel. And confirmed as a green energy source by Europe, uh, along with nuclear. But we won't talk about nuclear because that's a, that's a rabbit yes. hole. But why is there no conversation about gas? Because we do actually have decent and ex extensive resources, both inland and offshore, uh, in South Africa, of natural gas. But where is that seen in the media? Well, well I, I can tell you that. So why is that? Well, I can tell you that there's, a, there's another fundamental problem with that. And, and this time it's not the media's fault. Um, the The... I try to get uh, Jobu gas to connect us to the system. The, 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 you know, there's 10 or 12 houses on my block. We all wanted to get the power. The closest uh, gas line is the end of the block. We're the last house on the block. So it's maybe 200 meters in total, 250, I don't know. And, 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 and Jobu gas or whatever the, the Egoli gas, they were, they said to every single house, the, the, the fee to connect you to the systems, a hundred thousand Rand. And we said, but that's just insane. Wow. We all doing it. We that's have ongoing business. And I've had multiple conversations. I've cold called, I've phoned, found Egoli gas people in the streets and said, who do I speak to? And got the person's number and called them. It's just fundamentally bizarre that we have these energy problems. And yet one of the ways of offloading the power is to gas. So, you know, we have a gas geezer, but we have a gas bottle. I grew up in a house that had Egoli gas. I grew up with, you know, gas stoves my whole life. It's the best way to cook. Uh, it's also fundamentally useful if you have no electricity and you want to cook. Um, so mm. that's one of the frustrating things that at a policy level, there's no oversight of how a range of solutions could solve the problems. Uh, and we're stuck mm. debating whether we need, all of a sudden we're now talking about new nuclear energy, you know, and the president and Pravin Gordon are starting to lean towards 
uh, car power ships. I mean, you don't have to say it, but I know it's because yeah. Gwede Mantashi is the real leader of the ANC. But nonetheless, in with love, out with hate for Gwede Mantashi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, as you said, maybe not for my commentary. <laughs> I say it all the time yeah. in my columns. I call, I, I call him a non-practicing energy minister, but nonetheless. Um, so so I, what I like about all of this, and I, and I say it in every podcast, I'm sorry for the, the regular listeners, is that it just demonstrates how good we are at solving problems. It's such a South African, a Boer market plan nature. And this podcast series is about a range of companies doing a bunch of different things. What I like about your business is you are the glue in the middle, the aggregator pulling the finance, the service providers, the people who want it. You've created more than anything else apart from uh, all of these agreements and clever software to give people quotes, et cetera. You've created the trust network that people need that the insurance need that and i can't tell you how many horror stories we hear at stuff about people working with fly by nighters the batteries they opened the batteries they had mm. bricks in them you know this is just a nightmare oh, wow. scenario so i'm just impressed at the yeah. at the kind of range from you know led light bulbs with built-in batteries to little power banks for your wi-fi router you know it's it's a range mm. of things i think that that heartens me as as, mm. as dark as the energy situation is in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, and, and something you're t touching on that's really interesting from my perspective is that we we are actually going through transition now as a result of this. So as, as dark as it is in terms of the darkness of having no power, I actually see a very bright light at the end of the tunnel where we're removing from the government the control that the government has on energy. Yeah. You know, and if we can do that on, on most of the functions of the government, then we'll be in a really good place in South Africa, in my opinion, because then we'll be no longer reliant on the government for anything, yeah. which seems to be the best way to go. Well, uh, <laughs> yes and yes, because, I, I mean, I grew up during the, the, you know, the dark apartheid years. And frankly, I learned then not to trust the government and not to rely on the government. It's unfortunate that we're back in this position, again, not to be too political. And what what is fantastic is it empowers people. And if we're going to talk about, you know, nuclear energy, we have this fusion reactor up in the sky called the sun. Why not use it, mm -hmm. especially when we get 300 days of sunlight every day? And on that sunny note, uh, Matthew Cruz from Holm Energy – Thank you very much for joining us. You've been listening to T2S2. My name is Toby Shapshak, and our executive producer is Sally Hudson. Our director of audio is Hans Baumgarten. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and you can read more every day on stuff.co.za. Thank you.